Welcome back to another week of TV channeling. This is special because we have hit a certain episode. Yes, Kevin? It is episode 20, y'all. I am so incredibly excited. TV channeling episodes are almost old enough to drink legally anyway. So I'm really (laughs) excited. One more episode and we will be legal. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) Yes! Yay! So we got news to talk about today, as per usual. Welcome to all of you, and shall we get to it? Let's get to it, Tachi. What is going on in entertainment this week? We almost got through another week without having to wish someone well, because nobody died. And unfortunately, we, we had the death on Sunday of actor Adam West. And if you don't remember Adam West... Guys, he was the actor that played the original Batman in 1966. Yeah, and not only that, he was still working. He uh, uh, does the voice of the mayor on The Family Guy. And the, the, and the mayor of Quahog on Family Guy just also happens to be Adam West. So he plays yes, a mayor. really bizarre version of himself. And um, he's just such an incredible uh, actor. And the longevity of his career is amazing. He's been riding that Batman way for so long. And he's so beloved. And here in... Uh, uh, LA we're going to be there's going to be a tribute to him where they actually put the bat symbol in the air tonight. Oh, oh wow. That that's amazing. That's amazing. And yeah, he was and according to a lot of people he was really nice and very gracious. And for a long time he was typecast as Batman because after Batman ended, of course, uh that's what he was known as, Batman and he had a little bit of an issue in terms of getting other roles and then he uh, met with Seth Green, and he was said as Mayor Adam West of Quahog, which is hilarious to me. I you mean, I, Seth, Mc, I, Seth, Seth MacFarlane? I'm sorry, not Seth Green. Seth MacFarlane. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I keep saying Seth Green. Seth MacFarlane, yes. Uh, the creator of Family Guy. So, uh, yeah, he will really be missed. You did well, sir. There's a big bat signal in the sky for you. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, not fantastic, sad, but fantastic. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sad that he passed yes. away, yeah. but fantastic. Fantastic that he had a, such a great career. <laughs> yes, be- thank you. And beloved by millions to this day. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Our show is getting so ratchet. All right. <laughs> it, really is. it really is. You talk next? about ratchet TV. <laughs> is we're catching it all right what's up next tachi okay so you know i live in the miami area and miami is known for what sun beaches some other things but (laughs) (laughs) some other irrelevant things but (laughs) actually not much else Miami Vice. I was, you know. I was gonna say, I thought that you're known for two things. You're known for Miami Vice. You're known for Art Deco, and you're also yeah. known for key lime pie. I think. Yeah, that's about it. So, and everybody here loves key lime pie. I like it if it's made well, but there are a lot of people, especially in the supermarkets. Blech. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing they're known for that they put quote unquote on the map 
is Miami, the Miami sound or Miami bass. And who came up with Miami bass? Well, none other than Luther Campbell, also known as Uncle Luke. And they, and by they, I mean Lionsgate, is making a two live crew movie. So Luke was the front person and founder of two live crew, the eighties and nineties rap group that got into a bunch of trouble because of indecency and such. And I've heard some stories about some Luke concerts back in the day. Oh, so, just, just hearing his, hearing the name two live crew. I remember that iconic album cover. I don't know how anyone who's seen that album cover could forget it. So yeah, <laughs> Google it. And the women on that cover have more clothes than they did in the concerts, apparently. And <laughs> they didn't have much on on that cover. So, yeah, they are making a movie. R.J. Seiler is um, I to play Luther Campbell. And what they're doing is they're using the Book of Luke. I, and this got me. I'm like, you really? took something out of the bible (laughs) really luke (laughs) so that was the uh, the um book that he wrote in 2015 and i have to say though luke is actually a very interesting character a very interesting person there's a a podcast i was listening to and they interviewed him on the podcast and there was a lot of stuff about him that i didn't know that you know for the fact for example he's caribbean i mean it's not that much of a stretch because this is florida south florida but the fact i think his mother's jamaican and his father's from trinidad something to that effect and i'm like i never would have known and they stood for this nonsense that you did. <laughs> Because, you know, Caribbean people don't play that. Well, you know, I think they were pretty happy when that cash started rolling in. They are like, all's forgiven. Exactly. Sit down, son. That's exactly what was going on. So, in any case, um, they're using the book that he wrote in 2015. It's going to be based off of that. Craig A. Williams is writing the script, and it's going to be developed uh, uh, for up-and-coming actor R.J. Seiler. Now, he was in... Uh, the movie Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, and then he played Blue the Blue Ranger in the 2017 remake of the Power Edition of the Power Rangers. Neither of which I know, but that that's fine. He's going to play Luke. Wow, well that that's interesting. It is, but you know why this is happening. The success of Straight Out of Compton really had a lot to do. Oh, yeah. and, oh and also the TV movie success. So basically, there is no artist uh, from the 90s that they will not resurrect that has any kind of uh, turbulent life. And I think that you can't be an artist, especially an artist of color from the 90s that didn't have an incredibly t- uh, turbulent and l- I say lifetime uh, television for women movie in the making so <laughs> or BET uh, television for <laughs> television for everybody that is uh, melanin rich um, <laughs> movie in the no. making so those, there you go. they seem to be the ones the the main ones doing that but of course the success of the uh, straight out of Compton movie. Um, it can they can be TV movies and they can be feature films, and there's money to be made. Absolutely. You know who I want to see. I and they had mentioned this in the article that there have been all sorts of because of the success of the quote unquote hip hop biopic. There have been other names and other things that were thrown around, and one of them was Public Enemy. I would love to see a Public Enemy biopic. Oh yeah. 
Apparently, you don't want to see it. Okay. <laughs> Kevin doesn't give two damn. Oh, please. I still haven't seen Straight Outta Compton and have no intentions of seeing it because, let's face it, um, part of that whole thing was a fairy tale. The The truth wasn't told about, you know, uh, you know, the misogyny and the treatment of women and the whole thing that went down with that uh, MTV reporter that was beaten nearly to death uh, by Dr. Dre. So, yeah. I had absolutely no interest in seeing some hip hop fairy tale cleaned up for Hollywood. Well, yeah, I that's not, that wasn't on my list to see either. And then you know how remember how everybody was on the straight outta uh tip and so they would have straight outta wherever you were from. So they had a kind of like a straight outta generator. There were people wearing shirts that said straight out of I don't know, Paducah, Kentucky, or wherever they were yeah, from. Yeah, it, it became the new keep calm, carry on. Yeah, exactly. It, it did. Yeah, exactly. No, that's that's perfect. So that's what's happening with that. So let's move on. Luke, um, I hope you are portrayed well. That's an <laughs> oxymoron. <laughs> I don't know how well. Let me leave that alone. Yeah, I think we need to move on. Cannonball run! <laughs> <laughs> Cannonball Run is there in talks uh, to relaunch the franchise. Did you ever see any of the Cannonball Run movies? Oh, God. Um, I think I may have seen one of them, but it's this is one of the things that's so crazy to me. I truly don't understand this whole penchant Hollywood has to pay for the rights to stories that are so incredibly generic that they can basically write another basically all the cannonball movies were about like uh Burt Reynolds um winking driving a fast car being chased <laughs> by a bumpkin sheriff you can write that yourself and call it anything else and not have to pay anybody anything stop doing this hollywood who is this for no, nobody under 40 has ever heard of Cannonball Run, has no idea what it's about. You can do the exact same story and, and change a couple of things, change the names, pay no one anything, more money in your pocket. Believe me, no one's coming out to see a movie with the, t- the Cannonball Run title is not going to put people in the seats. So this why is, pay for it? This is what I'm convinced. You know, remember the producer's. And how they had to, they they would make more money by having a failure than having a hit. I'm convinced this is what these people are doing. <laughs> Nobody gives two dams about Cannonball Run. It's, it's the same thing the, the, that recently they remade Chips for... Oh. God, somebody please tell me why. And they remade Chips into a movie and, and it's like, you can just do a movie about two motorcycle cops. Why does it have to be chips and you have to pay for the rights? That's so stupid. There's nothing about chips that anybody remembers other than the fact that Eric Estrada was on it. You can get any hunky Latino guy, put him on a motorcycle next to a super crazy generic white guy and have a movie (laughs) and pay nobody anything. Just don't call the Latino guy Ponch and you are golden. Where the hell did they get the name Ponch from? I, I don't well the same the same person who like was writing those scripts. I guess so and gave the uh, generic white guy a mushroom haircut. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? But circa nineteen seventy nine, people thought he was looking good. 
that that the mushroom is the ugliest thing since I, I don't know. Hey, Dorothy it's, Hamill worked it, and so did ugly. and so did uh uh Bruce Jenner. That ugly, was it, which was way before Caitlyn. And they were both ugly. The hair. <laughs> I can't stand that mushroom. So, moving on. I hope there are no mushrooms in cannonball run uh the first (laughs) (laughs) the first film uh, was released by fox in 1981 so this is a good what is this a good is this almost 40 years pretty close i don't know is there any word on who's going to be in it who's going to be like the new burt reynolds who's going to be the new sally field nope all right they um (laughs) Yes, I I just talked about this to bring up the fact that yet again, Hollywood is giving us something that we don't give two dams about. Maybe somebody cares. I don't. Yeah, you know who cares? The person who's going to get that sweet, sweet check for using the Cannonball Run name. And the movie will have a little else in common with it. Maybe there'll be a, uh, what was that car? Was it a Firebird? uh, Thunderbird? Something. Anyway, other uh, other than the car... And uh, a a white guy in a must with a mustache and a cowboy hat. I just I what I don't know what the purpose of buying the rights to this is. Stupidity. Anyway, let's talk about cord cutting. Remember, we had this whole cord cutting thing, and you know how I love cutting the cord, and you are like, mm mm. So. Their customer losses due to cord cutting surpassed one million in quarter two of this year. We we're just getting ready to start quarter three in July, so they've already lost uh uh over one million. So they've shed more than seven hundred subscribers, seven hundred thousand, sorry, subscribers in the first quarter. And uh the pay TV industry could post post losses of more than one million linear customers this quarter. According to UBS analyst John Hodelick. Oh no, you guys! Oh, you guys shouldn't continue to cut the cord for lower prices and better service elsewhere, especially if you're Dish Network customers. Don't you sound do so it. genuine? <laughs> you sound so genuine. For those of you that are not catching the sarcasm, he is wanting <laughs> us to leave so that he can have all of the perks. But they're going to find a way to get you anyway, Kevin. So. <laughs> I don't know why you're so beholden to your beloved dish. No, They're the going to find the, a way. Because the more you people cut the cord, the lower my prices become. Because I just keep threatening to leave. And they give me deals and extend my deals for another six months. So, please, you all need to cut the cord and get lower prices and better service elsewhere. Thank you. I have. All right. <laughs> so. Keep up the good work. So the belief is that YouTube and Hulu are off to really strong starts and DirecTV now, they've had a lot of technical issues and I'm not su- surprised that this is, um, so YouTube and, and Hulu and Sl- Sling, even though Sling is dish, you know, they were off to a uh, good start. My thing is that DirecTV now, I think they just rushed into it because they're also trying to capture the cord cutting market, which is greedy. You're trying to keep your cord um f- friendly market and then keep also the cord cutting market with direct tv now which you know they've had technical difficulties but so they're regrouping to try and address this too late i'm with sling all right so, I, I do have a question um yeah. uh, have you used or are familiar with uh the youtube standalone service that you can pay for um do you know anything about that and what you actually get with it yeah it i i have not used it yet but uh the youtube uh, the over-the-top YouTube app is 
$39.99 per month, I believe. So that's right in line with uh, a lot of the others, about $40 per month. Most of these services run from about $25 on the low end um, up to about like $40 or $50. And then you can add things kind of a la carte. So you have more of a choice of what you add at a lower, lower price. So Wow, that sounds great, Tanchi. People really should check that out, <laughs> especially <laughs> people who are Dish Network customers. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to talk about Luther because my husband, one of my husbands, Idris Elba, is in it. Yeah, you have so, a lot of sis- you have a lot of brother husbands. <laughs> you, I do. That's pol- okay. Your polygamy runs deep. I need a lot of love. How about that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my god, it's TV channeling after dark. I know, right? <laughs> TV channeling after dark. So, <laughs> the BBC has uh, green-lighted season five of Luther. Have you ever watched Luther? Yes, I have. Luther is incredible, but I always lose it. There's so many different, there's so many shows to watch and so many different outlets. And um, I used to watch uh, Luther on BBC America. And um, I just kind of, I had no idea they were even content. Because that's another thing. The seasons are so sparse and spaced out. We're just like, when was when did season four end? You know, like 2006? I have no idea how long a gap it's been. <laughs> no, that's the thing. And then the whole thing is sometimes, especially if it's not something that you watch all the time, that you're a stand for, you forget. And then you're like, oh, damn, season six of this started already? And if you're already on a season six, perhaps it's time to start wrapping it up. But anyway, yeah. Well, you know what, what's funny about these shows, shows like Luther, they're a, they're so sporadic and the seasons are so remarkably short. You can pretty much keep this up indefinitely because you're basically giving people like what, 10 episodes every three or four years. So it's like is the, the whole idea that we're going to get bored with a Luther character. It's like, well, we don't see, we, I, we don't see him enough to get bored. Exactly. And this installment is going to be a four-part limited series. They're uh, slated to begin early next year for BBC One in the UK and for BBC America. Uh, As to the uh, cast or the additional cast that's revealed, nothing. So just to stay tuned to see. Wait a minute. Four parts? Four Mm, parts? Do you mean two-hour parts or four-hour? What is – what in the – Game of Thrones is going on here. I mean, <laughs> because Game of Thrones is already about to pull this crap where they're giving us wow and they're generously uh, you know, um uh bestowing upon us all 7 hours of television in a year plus. So, Luther's going to have a whopping 4 episodes. Those better be e4 uh 2-hour episodes giving us 8 hours of television. Way to tell BBC. I'm sure they'll listen. Anyway. All right. Wow. <laughs> I, I, and you were talking about basically maybe it's time to end after this many seasons. It's like, Jesus, how many episodes are there of Luther total? What, 12, 15? They're snackable. This is what they call snackable content. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, yeah, uh, basically, yeah, you better go ahead and play Bond and make that happen because you, you have a lot of free time if you're only doing four hours of television a year. <laughs> as long as he's getting paid for it, I can't hate on him. And I would love to see him as Bond. Oh, you'd love to see him in a lot of things, but I won't go into Maybe. that. <laughs> or in or, or in nothing, but I will um I digress. All right, let's let's go on to the next story. 
So in case you didn't know, this week is actually the 24th episode, sorry, 24th anniversary, not episode, anniversary of the movie What's Love Got to Do With It about Tina Turner. Yes. It's, it's been, it's 24 years ago already. And you know, this is an iconic, thing, especially like in the black community, you know how people are always quoting lines from movies. People quote What's Love to Got to Do With It a lot. Wait, what are, so, the fa- are there famous quotes from that movie? I had no idea. What are some of the quotes? Do you know any by heart? Um... Eat the cake anime. Do you, you don't hear that all the time? <laughs> I <have> never. <laughs> That's the, okay. It sounds like a very, I know it sounds kind of funny, but I'm sure it's very dramatic. Like eat the cake or I'll beat you. Cause pretty much that's yeah, all. That's yeah. All it's, he it's would, a lot of good. Yeah. Pretty, Cause all the lines <laughs> would basically be about <laughs> like blank or I'm going to beat you. You better not. Or I'm going to beat you. So it's the idea that that's a quotable fun movie to quote is very disturbing to me, but it is exactly, <laughs> it is disturbing. It is disturbing. Yeah, it's not, I really do enjoy the movie, but yeah, it's um, not like yeah, Caddy, it's, disturbing. it's not like Caddyshack or something. It's like, remember that part where he beat her into a coma? Good times. Good times. <laughs> wait wait no exactly the the thing is it's like i don't know sometimes there are weird cult followings for things so remember from the movie friday with ice cube and mike epps everybody was saying bye felicia is that what that's from okay i am the last to (laughs) (laughs) you have in fact we need to play this game one day there's a, a game called black card revoked (laughs) <laughs> and if you don't know the answers to things your black card is revoked uh, so yeah that's from Friday and I saw the I didn't remember it in Friday of course I've seen Friday a bunch of times and I didn't remember it so when I actually saw the line I thought it was some it was some big dramatic bye Felicia it was just like Ice Cube saying bye Felicia I'm like that's it that's what all this by Felicia are still, is about. And people are still saying that today. I have, I had no idea what that was from. It's from Friday. Wow. All right. Well, the, again, at least that wasn't a that wasn't a pivotal moment in a scene where a woman is beaten into a coma. So I'll, I, I if, so that sounds better than the whole "What's Love Got to Do with It" being a quotable movie. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> to each his own. I, I look, exactly. I I don't go around quoting "What Love's Got What." You know, the movie. Anyway, so there are a couple of did you knows about the film. So Tina Turner herself refused to be fully involved in the making of the film because she said, why would I want to see Ike Turner beat me up again? So um, she did And have people quote the quote the lines before he beats (laughs) me for decades after the fact. Like eat the cake anime. Exactly. 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 So she did help Angela Bassett with her transformation into Tina Turner. Lawrence Fishburne turned down the role of Ike Turner several times, and when he learned that Angela Bassett was going to play Tina, he changed his mind. The late Charlie Murphy reportedly also auditioned for the role of Ike Turner. Yeah, I can't see that. Anyway. Now, the funny thing is, um, I can see that. I can see him. Can you? I can see him more than I can see Lawrence Fishburne. I think that he he bears more of a resemblance uh, to Ike Turner than uh, Lawrence Fishburne did, so I, c- I can definitely see that casting. He does. He does, resemblance-wise. I don't know about acting-wise what he would be able to do, but yeah. Mm. Jennifer Lewis, who I love, she originally auditioned to play Tina Turner, but ended up playing Tina Turner's mother in the film, even though she's only two years older than Angela Bassett. And um, Angela Bassett got injured in the film on the first spousal abuse sequence. Oh, God. 
Um, <laughs> well, Tachi, I'm loving all these fun facts. <laughs> these facts are not fun now that I think about it. These are not fun facts. These are not fun at all. Oh, my God. Oh, oh God. Okay, I think I'm going to stop at this one because I'm looking at my own facts and then I'm like, wait, damn. These are not fun. All right. We're not, we're not, spousal abuse is no laughing matter. It is not. No, we're not laughing at that. Say something. Call authorities. There are shelters in all areas. So please, we we are not meaning to laugh at that. But it's just this is crazy to me about uh, these these quote unquote. The, I don't know if they, they know they understand the definition of fun. These facts, but um... <laughs> no, these are not fun. No, and we it was laughing at the fact that people thought that these were fun facts. <laughs> They're not at, at all. Oh, all right. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, but anyway, it's the 25th anniversary of What's Love Got to Do With It. That's a really sad anniversary. It's very different. But you know what? We can, we, can, we, can, we can celebrate Tina Turner's emancipation and the incredible career she had. She got her name back um, because yes. he owned the name Tina Turner. So she couldn't even yes. sell any records under the name that the public knew her at. Uh, she got her name back. That's all she left the marriage with. She went on to... To have a phenomenal career and is still beloved and as i as i heard last now she's living somewhere in europe with her cool billionaire husband living a great life and retired and and hanging out with oprah from time to time drinking champagne yes life is good so we you know what we can all come out of really dark uh periods in our lives come out of the other side and 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 step into the light Absolutely. Good for you, Tina. Love you, Miss Tina. So then my final thing that I've uh, been able to scrounge up is, do you watch American Crime Story at all? I watched season two of American Crime Story. Mm. I didn't watch the last season, but I heard it was super canceled. Has that changed? So um, they, they, well, here's the thing. They pushed Katrina. Remember, the next one was supposed to be about Katrina. They push oh, that. wait a minute. Okay, I'm getting confused. I'm gl- okay. okay. There's American Crime, and then there's American, American Crime, crime right. Story, American crime story. Yes. which is designed to basically make people doing podcasts look stupid. So you're talking about <laughs> exactly. the, one, the show uh, that's produced by Ryan Murphy? Yes, the that, one. Yeah, that uh, show pretty, is yes. not super canceled. Yeah, they're doing Versace is the next one up, right? Yes, yes. So they pushed Katrina to 2018, and the next one is Versace. That is going to be interesting um, to see, especially since I live, you know, where he, I don't live in the Versace mansion, obviously. <laughs> what, you don't? But, I, th- I thought that you were reporting from the Versace mansion as, as I'm, we speak. Uh, well, that's why it's so echoey, because I'm live in the huge <laughs> Versace mansion. <laughs> I've actually never been inside the Versace mansion, but they do rent it out for events and such. So if you want to do something there, you can. Yeah, I don't know Well, thank know you for that, that tip, Tashi. The next time I'm going to have an event in uh, Miami, and it's too big to have at your house, I will <laughs> I will go ahead and get this the spillover flow from the party at your house. We'll all meet at the Versace mansion. How about you just go to the Versace Mansion? No, okay, my house is not big enough for any fans. <laughs> go there first. Go there first. So, um, obviously, Katrina is going to uh, tell the story of America's response to uh, Hurricane Katrina in 2005. And it was picked up as a follow-up on the success of the People vs. O.J. Simpson 
American crime story. I only have I only have one question about the Katrina uh, season. Who is going to play Anderson Cooper? So, because you uh, Katrina, as far as I know, Katrina was all about him. So. That's a good question. Yeah, there so, is nobody else that can play Anderson Cooper. Exactly. So they'll have to have him play himself. Or, you know, I, in an, I, exactly. an, an ironic bit of stunt casting, you know they should have play him? His former friend, Kathy Griffin. That would be a reason to watch. Put her in a gray wig. Put her in a suit. That would be good TV. You can't see my face right now. <laughs> I said stunt casting. <laughs> I, well, you let me stunned. <laughs> I was, it was stunned casting. I was look back. I was looking back and forth. Like, did he just say Kathy Griffin? <laughs> Ryan Murphy, call me. I have other great ideas. And that's exactly why you won't be called. So <laughs> that statement right there, hang it up. Go for the, remember you said you wanted to be an exec at HBO. Go for that. Well, I meant to be in an, an advisory position with Ryan Murphy. I would be an, I would be like an executive producer. I wouldn't be there day to day because I'd be busy with all of my executive duties over there at HBO. So. Oh, well, don't worry, because you wouldn't be there at all. You wouldn't be there at all (laughs) with ideas like that. Go on and stay at HBO. If, because we gave you that, I conceded, you're going to work at HBO. You know know what, listeners? The reason why Tachi's saying that, she's afraid I'm going to leave TV channeling and she'll be without her co-host. You know what? No matter what's going on at HBO, what's happening with my consulting over at Hulu and uh, YouTube, it doesn't matter. I will always make time for uh, TV channeling. So do not worry about that. My assistant will contact you and let you know when I'm available to record an episode. Oh, and also already he's gone Hollywood and he has near one of these damn wish jobs. And, and also when we do the show, I, I just out of respect, you should not look directly into the mic. That's all I'm asking. I think that's reasonable for someone of my caliber. Yes, Steve Harvey. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for catching that. Oh, I caught that. Come on. We're TV twins. I caught that right away. <laughs> So that brings us to the end of our news segment. And now it's time for the review. Kevin. All right, you guys. This week we're reviewing another show. And let me let you know how it basically works. Tachi and I watch at least two episodes of every show that we review. And this week is no different. And this time around, we are reviewing Daytime Divas. It's a new show on VH1. It's a dramedy. And it's based on the book Satan's Sisters by uh, former ABC The View co-host Star Jones. All right, the show stars Vanessa Williams as Maxine, the creator and lead host of the popular daytime television show, The Lunch Hour, with co-host, uh, the co-hosts are Kibby, a former child star and recovering drug addict, Nina, a Pulitzer Prize-winning investigative reporter who's cheating on her husband, Heather, an outspoken conservative uh, with an abusive husband, and Mo, an over an over the top uh, comedian who's willing to say anything for a laugh and do anything to take Maxine's chair. So, Tachi, what did you think of Daytime Divas? Here's my thing. I don't know why, for some reason, every time I see Vanessa Williams in something now, it reminds me of Ugly Betty. 
Oh my! Well, this show more than anything else, she is. It, yes. yes, it's a yes. She's playing the exact same character she was playing in Ugly Betty. Exactly. So I watch this. I'm like, this is Ugly Betty, but just without Betty and some of the other cast of characters. But this, I guess, that character works for her. I have to say, so it makes it makes sense. I see her as that now, so it made sense. So I. It's it's interesting. It's interesting. I had to kind of watch. Um, I watched both of them twice to kind of get the gist of it because at first I wasn't as clear. Uh, again, obviously, this is clearly the view, and I just want to go back um, to when you say, "Well, what's the name of Star Jones's book?" Satan, the Devil Satan's Sisters. Well, is she the head sister? <laughs> because <laughs> oh, ouch. This was very Star Jones-ish, it sounds, seemed like. And so I, I, some of it, obviously, it's supposed to be like a dramedy. So some of it is very over the top. But I think I was surprised to hear so much cursing, number one. And then number two, again, it's a new day and age, but I... I guess I'm just not used to it. And then number two, the one that was playing the conservative Christian, so-called, and the stuff she and her husband were into. Oh my god! Okay, first of all, let's let's just cut to the chase. This okay. woman went in on Elizabeth Hasselbeck when it was revealed what what was going on in her marriage behind the scenes and how kinky and freaky and tied to Jesus, and um and then she has like a, a little boy that's transgender, uh, and the tension in her marriage because of that and the way that her and her husband deal with that tension it's like it's 50 shades of christian i'll put it that way to give you i won't i won't give more away but um yes uh let's just say the punishment got corporal am am, am i am am i being too subtle here are people still like what is he talking about uh no the way you said corporal i think they got (laughs) Yeah, it's messed up. And um, one thing I do have to say, even when we only had we only had two uh, episodes available to us, and even even just with two episodes available to us, Tachi, you have to go for the extra credit and watch them twice. <laughs> I'm just like, really? I'm like, well, there's. I remember thinking, there's no way Tachi can watch more episodes than me this week because there's only two available. No, you're like, I'll watch them twice. <laughs> I sure did watch them twice. <laughs> uh, well, that makes one of us because one of us had problems getting through them once. But anyway, <laughs> so, um, of course, then you have okay, Tashina Arnold. This is I don't know the other ones. I only know Vanessa Williams and Tashina Arnold. So I don't know what the other three have been in. And I do know, OK, the guy that plays Vanessa Williams son, he was on the short-lived, or I don't know if it's canceled or if it's coming back. There was a show on VH1 called Hit the Floor. Did you ever watch that? Um, <laughs> I haven't watched a show on VH1 since VH1 was just like, um, is there any limit to how ratchet we can be? And their answer was no. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, VH1 and I parted ways a long time ago, so I never saw Hit the Floor. Hit the Floor was a scripted show. It also had Dean Cain was pl- was in it. Um, also, oh god, you mean the I great Shex- you mean the great Shakespearean actor Dean Cain? The great Shakespearean actor. Wow, Dean Cain. I am so sad. I missed that. 
<laughs> so it was actually good. It was, I mean, uh, about a dance team for a fictional L.A. Uh, the L.A. Devils, where they were a fictional L.A. basketball team. So anyway, the 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 actor who plays Vanessa Williams' son was a basketball player in that series. So I knew him from that. But other than that, I didn't know any of the other act actors. But I think that for Vanessa Williams and for Tashina Arnold, they're kind of playing the characters that they always, well, lately have been playing. Oh yeah, they're both they're uh, they're super time cast. Tashina Arnold is basically giving you, um, God, what was the character from Martin that she? Pam. Pam. That was yeah, Pam. Yeah, she's she's just um a, a more grown up Pam that we get to see have sex with somebody significantly younger than her. Um, as far as the language goes, again, uh, VH1, uh, uh, yeah, you, you can be a little surprised because there used to be a very a, a strong delineation between the language on a basic cable show versus a premium cable show. And those the, the, the line has gotten all kinds of blurry. And um, even when it comes to the nudity factor on some of the shows, um, the nudity has been getting fast and loose. But so far on uh, Daytime Divas, um, I, ha- I don't remember in the two episodes that we had uh, available to watch, uh, there wasn't really any kind of nudity, nudity that you wouldn't see on a regular broadcast television. I didn't notice anything. Yeah. But um there was but but Tashina Arnold, she was enjoying the scene. She is having an affair, uh well, an affair is being generous. She was having a sexual um relationship with a uh a production assistant on the show and um basically as she as she tries to break up with him, he informs her that he recorded one of their encounters and will henceforth be blackmailing her for career advancement. I blame her for that. How stupid are you that you... Yeah, I blame Well, her. what's even stupider is she's already being blackmailed by him, and then later she's there, they're having sex in the parking lot of the studio that she does her show in, in broad daylight. Thank you. Thank you. I... Mm, I don't know. It just seems... I don't want to say it seems unbelievable because I've seen worse. <laughs> so that's completely believable, but... Uh, yeah, that the problem is the, the the what was really surprising to me is they threw so much, and that's one reason I feel comfortable saying things as not being major spoilers because so much is revealed in literally the first twenty minutes. I was watching it, and somebody called me, and they were saying, "Hey, what are you guys reviewing this week?" Um, and I said, "We're we're doing daytime divas," and um. He goes, do you know anything about the show? And I go, like, well, I've watched 20 minutes of it, and I know that one character has a transgender son. Another character is being blackmailed by a co-worker. Another character is having an affair with uh, her boss, who's also Vanessa Williams' son. And Vanessa Williams is in, a, is in a coma. And that's like the first 20 minutes. There was so m- Oh, and another character is a, a, a sexually fluid, drug addict, former child star. All this was laid out in like, you know, minute 20 of episode one and so it's like there's stuff there's a lot of like like i guess what you would call drama and like things that are supposed to be shocking being thrown at us but 
is it's so inartfully done we don't get a chance to kind of know the characters and feel something for them before we learn different things about their aspects of their life. The whole idea of the show is supposed to be this, that we see the on-screen personas of these women that are portrayed as friends that all sit around this table and, and have a coffee clutch for one hour a day, and they're supposed to be the best of friends. And then once the cl cut were clear, that's when the knives come out and the nails come out and, you know, and they're fighting like cats and dogs for dominance and to get the most airtime and that kind of thing. I, I get it. But to me, at least give us the persona first. Give us a little bit of the of the who they pretend to be to the public so then we can be shocked when the uh, the punishment gets corporal. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I yeah, that that's the thing. I don't think that all of this should have come out in the first two. I okay, I will say this. Not that I want to give it away. So the who's who's the uh, the one who is the super? Um, it's supposed to be like Elizabeth Hasselbackish. Oh yeah, the one that is the uh, super churchy one. The church, yeah. Um, I think it's Heather. Yeah, okay. Heather. Heather is the conservative uh, uh, church person. So she's like constantly putting concealer on herself because she's trying to hide markings. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm like. What's love got to do with I, it? <laughs> exactly my thing is like what what would have been better rather than to reveal what that was keep letting her you know conceal herself up for a little while longer could we at least get to episode four no the, the before show, we know exactly the show has no i they have no idea how to create any kind of suspense or drama i wish that somebody who worked on the show actually watched a few of the first season of uh, a few episodes of the first season of something like uh desperate housewives because that's what they're trying yes. to do they're trying to yes. have something a comedy that has very serious very dramatic moments they're trying to do both and mark cherry nobody did it uh more gracefully than mark cherry to walk that line between drama and tragedy and comedy and there the uh, this is not being done well on uh, with daytime divas and again they're not even any kind of suspense before each shocking reveal the one that has the drug problem who's sex who's uh sexually fluid um she's getting into three ways with her partner literally like at i don't know the 10 minute mark of the show and it's revealed that her mother is blackmailing her trying to get more cash out of her i mean just everything spills out within the first you know 20 minutes it's just like let us get to know these people and then slowly reveal what's going on behind the scenes in their lives and and what's led up to it it's just i don't know what they're gonna do we've only seen two episodes what are they gonna throw at us on episode 10 i can't even fathom how much more crap can come out. <laughs> well, here's the thing. If they could have finessed and stretched it out a little bit, there are other shows that they could have um, looked. Okay, so for example, The Real. If you look at, and they actually had a, a guest appearance by um, Tamara uh, Mori Houston, Housley, Housley. So she was on there and she said um, something about work it out because there's no openings at The Real. <laughs> so... I'm uh, what they could have done. Remember with the whole thing with the reel with um, what what's her name? Um, Tamar Braxton. Yes, and being leaving. shown the door. 
being shown they could have worked that in somehow you know what i'm saying oh oh no Taj, no no you see you're making a huge mistake already you shouldn't work on the, you should work on their with their scripts either they have enough on tape they don't even need any more because also another thing that's already been revealed after watching episode two there is vanessa williams has a former assistant who is writing a tell-all book about her and she has receipts and she's receipts. <laughs> she's got receipts and she yes. and she's looking to blackmail her way onto a chair at the table of uh, the lunch hour so yeah there's already people vying for uh, uh to get on the show there's people that might be fired there's already enough stuff happening i they don't need more drama to me they need to thin it out and have less and actually have some have some character development have us get to know these people before they just reveal plot twist after plot plot twist please writers out there listen okay plot twist and shocking revelations mean nothing if you don't know who's being shocked and why it's shocking so just like i am your father doesn't mean anything unless you don't have the preamble uh before that that reveals who the person is and who they believe their father to be and so it is shocking when we find out that that person isn't their father and the relationship they have with the person who they believe was their father that's what they need to do and i can already see them projecting one of the things that they share on and i'm just gonna you know what i have no respect for this show so i'm just gonna i'm gonna say whatever i want all right (laughs) (laughs) they've already laid out the fact that vanessa williams's son is adopted that he's some some kid that she rescued out of some uh, poor living circumstance okay i thought that was her nephew and then she officially adopted him i can tell you right now that's really her son it is not she she may have adopted him but he's gonna it's gonna be revealed that that's it that's actually her son and because of her career and the kind of career that she had it wasn't cool for her to be having a kid out of wedlock and of course right. they won't be revealing for years who his actual father is but anyway so it'll be a shocking revelation when he finds out that the woman he thinks who's his adopted mother is his actual mother that's going to happen no i 100 percent agree I, I think though when i was talking about the tr- uh, plot twist from like the real not to put that in now but i'm like there are all sorts of things that you could have had later that's what gives you longevity like you said we need to get to know who these characters are i don't know any of them so i don't know if i give two dams about what uh, all these things now because i don't know them it doesn't make sense it's not in the right context i guess they're trying to do shorthand because i guess they think that we know these people because they're based on people from uh the actual view kind of thing and so they feel like they can talk to us in shorthand but again if you're trying to build drama and suspense you need to care about these characters we need to actually care or feel something the idea that they're trying to take vanessa williams's chair i don't know maxine i don't care about maxine who cares if someone takes her chair make me let me get to know her let me care about her let me understand what she did to get where she is and the gra- and and why it's so important for her to hold on to her seat at that table of the show she created that i think they're they're just making a mistake of doing all this shorthand and just thinking drama 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 and what they're trying to do is out drama the uh, artificial drama of the reality shows on vh1 it's all about the vh1 audience who basically needs like you can you can almost count like you can basically start counting the moment the show starts every i'd say two minutes shock 
two minutes. Your vagina's on the floor, Vanessa Williams, because you're old. Shocking statement. Um, like, oh, I, I need to. But who says that? Yeah, uh, who would say that? Especially to your boss, and because then again, Vanessa Williams' character is supposed to be like Barbara Walters, and the idea that is as wacky as Joy Behar and all the other comedians that have come and gone, that have been that have come and gone and come back. They would not openly disrespect uh, uh, Barbara Walters to her face so fragrantly and say that her vagina is on the floor because she's so old as uh, Tashina Arnold does with Vanessa Williams' character who's supposed to be Barbara Walters. It just it just seems so stupid. But again, it's the point is they have to keep saying, um, say something shocking, say something shocking. Talk about the talk about the PA's penis. Shocking. And just as opposed to us getting to know. Who the hell is Tashina Arnold's character, Mo? How did she go from being a let's call her somewhat hood uh, mm-hmm. comedian? How does she end up sitting next to uh, someone of the likes of, of the caliber of Barbara Walters? And then they had the balls to say, which was so crazy, was at one point when Vanessa Williams's character is in a coma. That's another thing. The woman's in the coma in episode one. All right, and so and the reason why it's so crazy is they're supposed to be like there's some kind of they try to pretend like there's some kind of suspense. It's like okay, the show stars Vanessa Williams. She's in a coma at the 15 minute mark of the show. She's not gonna die, so there's no suspense there. Why are we even pretending? It was so beyond stupid. But the the idea that they're uh, trying to build this drama and not have us get to know anybody beforehand is just a huge mistake and the idea that like with the smoke character that we can't find out who she is or how she got to be sitting at the with it at that kind of table makes no sense oh one of the, what i wanted to say that i that i lost was they actually pretended like when vanessa williams was in a coma that a potential replacement for her on the show was going to be michelle obama as if michelle obama oh, yes. would sit at that table where people are doing jokes about people's vaginas being on the floor that she'd be like yes sign me up to sit at that table no dice i'm like let's use a little bit of reality here does that even sound anywhere close to, to something like it no it's not even plausible well, the reason she wouldn't no. Well, the reason why it would be plausible if it were, we're talking about a Barbara Walters character, but that they haven't even established there. They tell us that she's supposed to be the caliber of uh, a Barbara Walters, but they don't really do anything to really tell us and establish the fact that this woman is a well-respected journalist. The first episode, we basically, the episode is where they're all wearing bikinis to basically show that like we should all be proud of our bodies. And so Vanessa Williams is there in like a, is, is in a bathing suit or, and they're all in swimsuit just it even the way they portray the show doesn't seem like at least at least when the view was at its best when it actually was on the news every day they were actually talking about important issues in politics and they were make they were ending up on the evening news every day and getting presidents to come there and talk with them but the idea that the first episode the first the first segment we see is them all in swimsuits and then Tashina Arnold joking that uh that Vanessa Williams's vagina is on the ground and then after that they tell us that Michelle Obama's potentially going to be a new co-host it's please although Sherry Shepard did come out in a bathing suit one time on the view yeah, but that but again, the idea is they're trying to establish to us, they're trying to show us that this is an important show and that Vanessa Williams is an important woman who's a well-respected journalist. 
And also another yeah. one of the cast members is supposed to be a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. And so, but the very first time they show us, they're all in bikinis and, and they're talking about their vaginas. And, and but Michelle Obama's potentially going to be joining the, the cast. Seriously? Well, you can't have the same writers for love and hip hop for a show <laughs> like this. Exactly. exactly. This is this show is a victim of uh of being on VH1, and I didn't read uh the uh Star Jones's book, so I don't know how much how if if the book was just as trashy and um nonsensical as the TV show is, um but how she presents herself i wouldn't be surprised if that was the case (sighs) all right (laughs) (laughs) well is there any more that you'd like to say about daytime divas um i think that the concept of doing a the behind the scenes of a talk show of a daytime talk show of a group of women is extremely compelling if number one, it's well written. If number two, it's well casted. If number three, it's on the right network. If number four, it's on the right network. <laughs> um, I think that they've not, they've not done any of that. And you can't save something simply because you've got an acting veteran in Vanessa Williams on there. You can't save it because. Tashina Arnold used to be on Martin and I and Survivor's Remorse. Um, I and I love Tashina Arnold, but it's it's suffering a little bit from imaginary Mary syndrome. <laughs> well, the only thing that the, the the only thing about that is for some reason Jenna Ulfman is not on this show. I don't understand why. <laughs> didn't didn't <laughs> didn't her agents try to get her to read a script to get get on here? Because it does. Because she doesn't have a job. It, yes, so. it does feel like a Jenna Offman show. It really does. A really bad decision. Yeah. Um. It's 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 sad. You're right because the idea is compelling to have a show that's behind the scene a behind the scenes show about a show like The View would be compelling television if it was treated with some kind of seriousness and it was actually well written and. Um, by somebody who actually gave you characters you actually care to learn more about but um that's not the case with uh this show on vh1 so i think it's time for me to ask the question i long to ask (laughs) every week so tachi when it comes to daytime divas are you going to keep watching or are you going to change the channel so if nothing else is on and the tv just happens to be on and it's there maybe i might not change it Probably I would, but maybe I won't change it because um, it's something to watch and I'm a TV addict. But if it if I won't I won't set a reminder to watch it. Let's put it that way. Well, OK, if I'm actually kidnapped by one of our show's many <laughs> rabid fans and I'm tied to a chair in a warehouse somewhere and there's a TV on the wall and I'm tied and facing directly at it and Daytime Divas is on. I guess I won't keep my eyes closed for the entire hour. You know what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that's a no from you. (laughs) No, I will not keep watching. You know what? I'm going to hold out for Vanessa Williams when they do the uh, uh, Ugly Betty uh, reboot. 
they need i i didn't understand why ugly betty ended i like that yeah that show. was a huge that show ended earlier than it needed to that was a b- big mistake by abc but anyway it's mm-hmm. it's to me it seems prime for a couple of years from now um once uh superstore ends i think it'd be a great time to revisit it so netflix get on that somebody get on H- abc get on that make that happen in a few years no, absolutely. And, you know, speaking of, of reboot, and we didn't talk about this during the news, you know that Facebook is now um, trying to be in, in content as a contender in terms of being a full fledged production place, meaning that they're going to be airing two original programs. And one of them is, uh, oh, gosh. It was on MTV and it got canceled and Facebook picked it up. Oh, I know you're talking about. There's a it's a it's a female comedian that had a show that was on for 15 minutes on on, uh, MTV and they are now. I did read that. Yes, it's going to be moving to Facebook of all platforms. I have no idea. So will you like? I don't even understand how you're going to watch shows on Facebook. Will it be part of the app where you'll like click to see shows? I have no idea how that's going to work. Yeah, no, it's just basically like, um, I don't know if they're, they're going to do it live or whatever, but probably it will be like live, meaning that they would, um, play the episode on either the Facebook page for, um, for the show or whatever it is. So I don't know if they're going to start a separate page for all of the original programming that they're going to have. And that's how you would watch it, but you would watch it right on Facebook. Like you would watch a Facebook live video. Well, it's interesting that let's let's be honest. MTV has not been hasn't had a hit in a while, and for HB, I mean for uh f- for Facebook to basically pick up some show that was canceled by MTV, who clearly does not have high standards. Um, I think <laughs> I don't think they're starting off on the best possible footing, but it'll be interesting to see. What, it will be. Where it it will. Be, but I. I said that to say that, um, you know, there's a possibility of, of things getting picked up anywhere. So if Facebook is doing it, it could happen anywhere. Well, you know what? Facebook, leave Ugly Betty alone. <laughs> I, want, I, want a, <laughs> no. I want a real network to take it over if it, if it comes back. Exactly. Well, all right. So the crowd has spoken, and the crowd being you and I. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you guys so much for listening. We love the fact that you rock with us every week. We are so super excited that this is episode 20 and you took time out of your busy schedule to listen with us. And so I'm going to tell you where you can find us. You can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Podbean. And if you go to tvchanneling.com, it points right to Podbean. And that's probably the easiest way to listen. But if you want to get in touch with us, Kevin is going to tell you how you can. We are on Facebook. We are on uh, Twitter. We are on Instagram. And we are on Snapchat. And we are TV channeling everywhere. And we'd love to hear from you. So let us know what you think of the show, what uh, what shows you'd like us to review. And um, we'd love to hear what you think of the shows we've actually reviewed and talked about here on TV channeling. Absolutely. And remember, if it's something that requires me to keep Hulu for long, longer, you better do it before I cut it off. (laughs) Okay, with that, I think it's time for us to say goodbye, Tachi. Okay, so I am going to say goodbye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin. And remember, if you're watching it, we're talking about it. Cheers. Bye. (laughs) 